1: I'm in love with
2: Back to open the VoiceGate for July 12, 2022. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find our show in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. If you would like to follow the show, go to Twitter. Go to op- at OpenVoiceGate on Twitter. Best way to keep track of all of us there. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our RedCircle.com landing site. Click the red box that says sponsor this podcast, and you can set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts, it's your old pal, Mike Spears, joining alongside, as always, my co-host, K Slow. In case we were just talking about it before we got on air, groceries. Oof, too expensive. It, 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 it's wild out there nowadays like well like not to immediately pull the h card i remember a gallon of milk being a dollar fifty
0: yeah back in your day back in the good old days yeah yeah back in the good old
2: days of 2003
0: i was telling mike i love living in the city i would like to live in the city for the rest of my life i'm very happy here i spent the first 18 years of my life on farmland and it sucked it was mean of my parents to make me live in total isolation when i'm already prone to isolationist tendencies i'm very happy with where i'm at but oh my god things are so expensive in the store and it is a bummer which is why you need to smash that red circle donation button so you can feed me in route to kobe world and Ultimo's 35th anniversary this year
2: yeah so that's in a roundabout way, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about this week. There were two shows on the uh, Dragon Gate Network this last week, on the 7th in Cork and Hall, and then on the 10th in Edeon Arena Sokka too. But we're going to talk a p- kind of big picture this week. So I feel like that we are less than three weeks away from Ultimo 35 and Kobe World 2022. So let's just take a step back and see where we are after... These two big shows in Cork and in Osaka, in case we have to make sense of this Dreamgate picture, because for two straight years in a row, Dragon Gate has a double header in Kobe World Cannon Hall. And the Dreamgate picture, the way they get there, I don't know.
0: Okay. How do we make sense of that? I'm going to back up for a second before we get to the Dreamgate picture, because I, I have a point that I think is representative of. Everything going on in Drangate right now, and as we talk about these two shows on this episode, the July 7th Corcoran Hall show, the July 10th Osaka show, I noticed something in these shows that I, I think you might have felt it, I know I felt it, I'm sure there are people listening that felt it, were a month removed from Takuma Fujiwara and La Austria, but specifically Fujiwara leaving for Mexico. And there is a noticeable lack of oomph on these shows without Fujiwara there. And I think that has bled into the main event scene. I think that's present in the upper mid card that's certainly present on the undercard of these shows. Before we talk about the the Dreamgate scene, because I think you and I are both feeling a little bit deflated after watching these two shows. They didn't exactly knock our socks off. Do you feel what I'm going to coin as the Fujiwara effect the same way that I do?
2: I think that when you like look at card composition, that's something that I was doing before we both hopped on the call doing some Pro. I I think if you look at card compositions and you see how they have really filled out the loop over the seven months of this year... You can see that Takuma Fujiwara had a particular position, and it's something that I don't think it's solely him, his void. I think it's something that there is just the, I I don't want to call it a glut of of injuries and then the retirements. It's just that this has not been a very stable year for the roster, and Takuma Fujiwara was someone that they found that they could trust very quickly in a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the lower card, the mid card, the main event, the upper main, the, the semi-main event scene. He was someone that by the time he left, I mean, it, it if he was in a six-man semi-main event, like t- teaming with two members of a unit and he was there to take the fall, it was not out of character there. But you look at how the shows have been constructed, and yes, some of it is him, and some of it is just the instability that I think the shows that the roster has at this moment that... Hey, the, you get shows like we saw in Cork and Hall. You get shows like we saw in Osaka. And it's something that it, it's not that I think the vibe is off right now in Dragon Gate. It's just something that the hand right now is not very good that's being dealt.
0: Yeah, I always say, and and we got so excited in November when all of the class of 2021 kids debuted. And we were right to be as excited as we were. But I reminded people, we've been through this before, and all of these rookies are not going to work out. They're not all going to be superstars. Did I think we would lose two of them permanently and a third in Rio and Rio Fuda to such an extreme degree so quickly? No, I did not. And that is what I'm feeling is January, February, March. The undercards were so exciting because it was Shoya Sato versus Don Fuji, and you had Fuda trying to find his place in the Fuda versus Akuda storyline, which, you know, is lost to time now. And then you had the continued ascent of Takuma Fujiwara, and the thing that I always mention with him is, you know, he's been given every opportunity and he's taken advantage of every opportunity he's been given. He has, you know, like like you said, you can put him on a six-match show. You could put him in match five by the time he left for Mexico as the sixth man in the sixth-man tag, and he wouldn't feel out of place, and that is just a remarkable thing to say for somebody who has been wrestling for six months on the professional level. Those guys are all gone now, and even somebody like Estrella, who is far from a perfect wrestler but is somebody that – when he's on, we'll hit a certain level of fun that is very exciting and very needed on a Dragon Gate show. Now he's gone, and I'm starting to feel all of a sudden a bit of a thin roster. You know, no strong machine J on these shows. You had guys that I like in positions that weren't the most exciting. You don't have the rookies there other than Ishini Hashi. All of a sudden this depth that we were gloating about and bragging about and i think it will return when fujiwara returns from mexico and we'll see what happens with fuda and we'll see what happens if mochizuki junior can continue to to look as good as he's looked and strong machine j will come back the problem can fix itself very quickly but for a corken hall and an osaka number no. 2 show these shows felt very thin and then on top of that you add some unsatisfying booking and i was left scratching my head on back to back shows
2: well, something that I mean, you brought up Strong Machine J, and I think it, it it's something that actually took until just now for me for it to sink in. With the exception of Z full units, every single unit is walking wounded right now because Okuda is out for high end. Uh, Strong Machine J w- with his shoulder. Uh, was the other a- Ashida is out for gold class right now? So yeah,
0: where that's a good point. Where is Ashida? I I just that just it, hit me
2: yeah ashita's been hurt for a little bit you know like it, it, it's something that i kind of picked up but i it wasn't something that i was going to like because it could have just been like oh you, you get the week off maybe but now it, it, it's something where it's noticeable yeah he you know? okay
0: so he wrestled on the okinawa shows and then they right. were off for a long time but he didn't wrestle on any of the house shows leading up to cork and and you know he obviously didn't wrestle on cork and Osaka. That is that is another one that is that certainly goes to this weekend feeling thin because does you know, he's a superstar in the making. There's obviously a connection between him and the crowd, but he is a match quality guy and not having him in there, even though I just now noticed it certainly makes sense as to why I was as down on these shows as I was. Yeah, and
2: it, the, the, the greater point about you, you saying like, yeah, you know, missing fujoir like this, like, to my knowledge. I, I mean that they were very clear, at least uh, from the English Twitter account, that this is just being taken off the show for Machine J. This isn't like a reaggravated injury. This is a, just a tweak thing, and who knows specifically for Ishida and Akuda. But it's something that when you like look at these cards that we had, case I mean the fact that we had a semi-main event in Cork and Hall that was a six man high-end versus natural vibes, and it was a pretty random assortment of natural vibes, to be honest. It it, it really is something that I, the injuries are hurting right now. It's something that you look at the title scene, and I wonder if some of the stuff that we're, as we move into talking about the Dreamgate stuff, if some things around the overall picture, looking on the 30th and the 31st, they're waiting to hear back to see how long some of these people are out for.
0: Let's talk about this Dreamgate scene. Kind of run us through what happened at Corken Hall, and then we can both give our thoughts on it.
2: So at Cork and Hall, this was the Open the Dreamgate title match. Kai defending against Shuji Kondo. Of course, this was built off of Shuji Kondo's 35-second victory over Kai and King of Gate. However, in this match, I'm pulling up the time right now, it went to a no contest as during the closing stretch, the lights went out, and... As the lights were readjusting before they went up, you could see someone attacking people with a chair. And later, the lights came up. It was Kodamanura, who's just being a petulant kid. For, for lack of better terms, he's calling the Dreamgate scene boring. He is frustrated that all this is happening around him. So th- it was a 2012 uh, no contest and in title match, no contest in the Dreamgate scene. That means that it counts as a defense, but Kai doesn't get the key. Uh, but so it basically broke down to uh, Kondo and uh, Minadora. basically Kondo wanting to kill the kid. And then Yuki Oshioka came out as the King of Gate winner. And rightfully, the person who really is number one contender right now saying, oh, I'm going to take care of this pro- problem myself, Rio Saito. And Rio Saito is like, you don't have to do this. And <laughs> eventually it got to a point where they announced a three way for the uh, setting up the uh, Kobe World Weekend, essentially the way it is, it's a three-way elimination style match. The first person who is eliminated, so the person who drops the first fall, is out of the Dreamgate picture for the near-term future. And then the remaining two guys both will have Dreamgate matches at Kobe World Weekend. However, the winner of the match will get to dictate when they take the shot. And then the person that is that loses that second fall will have the other Date and Shuji Kondo and Yuki Yoshioka came to a quick agreement that they were just going to have a good time in the throwaway match and beat the living shit out of Koda Menonora. So, Koda Menonora doing things, case, and really changing up the Dreamgate scene three weeks away from the biggest weekend of the year.
0: I thought this was one of the most unsatisfying Dreamgate conclusions I've ever seen. This is Not as bad as Shingo versus Gamma from 2015. That match was 24 minutes before it ended in a no contest. This was 20. This was at least on track to being a great match. Had this had a clean finish of possibly, you know, Kai ducking a King Kong lariat, hitting the Gunasuke clutch, and pinning Kondo we're in a position where we find ourselves with another Kai four and a half star match, which is not a position I expected myself to be in this year, but I went four and a quarter on him versus big boss Shimizu. I went four and three quarters on him versus Sumiakoska. And we could have had Kai versus Kondo at four and a half stars, but that finish and the angle that followed left such a bad taste in my mouth. And I am somebody who said the the very last podcast we did of 2021 I said, I I think, and more importantly, I want the Kobe World Main Event this year to be Shun Skywalker versus Coach Minora for the Open the Dreamgate Championship. In a vacuum, this is the position that I want Menora in. I think he's ready for this spot. I think he can succeed at a Dreamgate level. I can't fathom a worse way to get him into this scene than what they did. I thought the no contest was absurd. I hate the three-way that they're doing. I hate that we're going to be one week out of the biggest weekend of the year and we're not going to know what the main event is. We have to wait until that Kobe-Sambo Hall show, which again, seven days before Kobe World, or maybe the uh, the Ultimo Anniversary show, I think that's first this year. It drives me absolutely insane. I I really, really, really do not like this direction.
2: And it's something where... I don't think I'm as, I am as I don't think I have as better taste as you do, but we take the step back and case I, I, I propose to you. Is this better or worse than Yamato saying, hey, I'm Yamato. I won a title match at Speedstar final because I actually had a moment of trying to figure out which one I like the least. I think this was worse because really I yeah. thought this was better. I came to the conclusion this was better than live.
0: No, I I have a very hard time given the position they were in last year. And look, you can can pull the tapes. I was very critical of what they did with the Dreamgate last year, but I always went back to the point of the biggest star of the company and Masato Yoshino is retiring. The second biggest star of Yamato has a chance to break the Dreamgate record. It's not what I do. I don't necessarily like it, but logically, I see why you would want to end this weekend with Yamato as open, the Dreamgate champion there weren't a ton of long-term ramifications there. Did it maybe take away from a KZ Dreamgate opportunity? Yes, but I, I can live with that. This is putting Kota Minora, somebody who has been earmarked from the jump as a future star, it's putting him in a bad position, it's putting Kondo in a weird position, it's weakening the push of Yuki Oshioka, and now Kai's run which has been phenomenal, is suddenly a little murky. And I, I I thought we were building up to a very clear, this is going to be the guy to beat Kai. He can beat the beast situation. And now we've just got all these names in the mix, and it, it's going to take away from whoever beats Kai. I, I again, did not like the Yamato thing, but I got it. I mean, you know, if I'm sitting in the Gate booking office, I'm going to go... Maybe we give the belt to Yamato. That's certainly a popular idea. This three-way with two unproven young guys and Shuji Kondo, who I think is, uh, I I think the diplomatic way to say it is an attraction but not a draw, fighting it out to see who's going to wrestle Kai during the biggest weekend of the year is a mess. This is an absolute mess.
2: I guess, like, and I, to be clear, the, the I don't think that this was a good decision. But I'm wondering, just for like, uh, just for the sake of content here, do you think that, like, looking at this over like the last two years, do you think it's something where I have not looked up how tickets are selling either night yet? It, it's something where it's like, oh, these tickets are going to sell regardless, so we might as well not put the care that we usually do because. With the uh, restrictions or whatever with Kobe that that we could do this, or like, like I'm trying to like rationalize this sort of idea here, and I'm kind of coming to terms of if it's something that injury bug coming to play here wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I mean, case
0: okay, so i I'm just it. But, it but, it's who, somebody- but who is injured that would fill this spot? These all are guys i I I'll even throw Kondo in the mix just because he had that King of Gate match against Kai. These are all guys that have been trending upwards. It makes sense that they're in this spot. I just don't like the way they got to this spot.
2: Okay. So I when I was making that point, I was more thinking about injury saying, oh, with Hyatt, oh, with gold class, you can't do them in a triangle gate match. So okay. what are you doing with Fishy? Oh, what are you doing with uh Menor? Because Doy, they could always put Doy in one of the anniversary matches and it'll be perfectly appropriate that's why i'm winning
0: i i would really like to know where tickets are at because i left this weekend gravely concerned at the fact that they did they did four or i'm sorry they did 514 in osaka uh for the king of gate show on may 29th and three days after what was supposed to be your big angle leading into your biggest weekend of the year. In Osaka, they did 368, which is the least they've done in that building in all of 2022. To me, that's a pretty bad drop-off. I don't think the cork and closing angle came across hot. I think a lot of people are on my boat where they might want to like Yoshioka, they might want to support Minora, they might want to rally around Kondo, but they're in a it it, you know, ultimately we've found ourselves in a position where where Dragon Gate is now using CZW Best of the Best Logic, where they're doing a three-way match where only the loser is eliminated. And I hold this company to a higher standard. I think that's a really poor way to get into Dream Gate matches in Kobe.
2: I guess, like, talking about, like, the Osaka shows, I am wondering, like, there just nothing was on this show and they weren't announcing anything in advance versus, oh, you'll see the final stages of King Gate. I'm wondering if that makes enough sense for that but
0: what do you want if you're two weeks out from kobe and you have uh, yoshioka and minora and naruki doi in a main event wouldn't you want that to do better than it did
2: oh absolutely yeah absolutely it, it, it it's something that it's a the numbers don't lie it's just the context i'm wondering if that maybe had something to influence it so
0: But if I'm just trying to think if I'm an Osaka native and we have gone through this fantasy on the show before where I did daydream about living in Osaka and I did have somebody reach out and say, hey, if you ever decide to come here, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to help you out, (laughs) which was appreciated. But if I'm an Osaka native and I fire up my Gate network and I'm on the fence about going to the show on Sunday and then I see what they closed with. I'm not buying a ticket to that show. It's a di- yeah. to, to me, it's a direct reflection of what they did in the main event. Now, look, the ship is not sinking. I, I'm not concerned about the overall well-being of Drangi because they they dropped 200 in attendance in Osaka from you know May to July. I do just think we're now entering the second year in a row where they're doing these double shows in Kobe, which I will defend momentarily. This is still not doing two Wrestle Kingdoms. And then, you know, they did a third this year, which was just absurd. Two once in a lifetime shows the Masadi Yoshino retirement show last year, the Ultimo 35th anniversary show this year. If they do Kobe World Nights 1 and 2 next year, I'll have a bigger issue. But we're still not at that point. But the reality is, we're still at a point. Where they've done two nights in Kobe back to back years, and I'm deeply unsatisfied with the main event and Dreamgate decisions that they've done both years, and that is troubling.
2: Yeah, like, like, like I, I guess my overall point about the compare contrast is maybe, in my opinion, they're fit, they're, they still haven't figured it out, but they're still, but it does feel like that they're getting a little bit closer with that. I, I do think that the idea of double shows in Kobe. Uh, Kenan Hall is a reality going forward. Though They'll find reasons to have that there. Just the reality of venues within the greater Hyogo uh, area, basically.
0: Let me throw this by you because, okay. you know, we we cover this company as close as anybody. We record every week, but... It becomes a bit of a machine, you know, covering these shows for as much as we enjoy them, at least for me, can sometimes be muscle instinct. And I may have missed something here, so please educate me if I did. But again, I am a Kota Minora guy. Print the black t-shirt with the white text. I love Kota Minora. Over the last month and a half, he lost to KZ in the first round of the King of Gate tournament. He won the Battle Royal, which granted him access to the semifinals. Cheated to beat Shuji Kondo, lost to Yuki Yoshioka. And since then, he's been in the ring with Yoshioka five different times. On June 26th, there was a six man, it was Minora Minorita and Doi versus D Courage and Genki Horaguchi. Minora pen, Genki Horaguchi On July 2nd, there was a three-way tag match. It was D-Courage versus Coach Minora and Naruki Doi versus Jackie Funky Kame and Ut. Yoshioka pinned Ut. So strike that from the record. That match is irrelevant. That Cork and Hall Show, Minora, Minorita, and Doi versus D-Courage and Ishinihashi. Minora pinned Ishinihashi. July 9th, Minora, Minorita, and Doi versus D-Courage and Kondo. Kondo pinned Minorita. Strike that from the record. It's irrelevant. And then you have that July 10th Osaka match, Minora and Doi versus D-Courage where Minora pinned Dragon Daya. What I'm getting at is Kota Minora pinned Genki Horiguchi and Ishinihashi, which Mike, if you and I showed up in Kobe tomorrow, they might grant us wins over those two guys. And then he pinned Dragon Daya after the Dreamgate scenario is already set up. I'm missing the link that says Kota Minora, you are credible enough to challenge for the Open the Dream Gate Championship? Is there something that is slipping my mind, something that is not in my notes, that I am forgetting, that would logically say, Coach Minora, you are currently on the same level as Yuki Yoshioka?
2: Well, it's not going to be satisfying, but I do. There is one thing that we haven't talked about yet, about Minora doing this. Please go ahead. Oh, it is the fact that Gold Class said they were changing how they were doing things and they were acting more and more heelish ever since.
0: And I don't love it. You know, I it, raved it it's about uncomfortable. Gold. Yeah, I I raved about Gold Class when they debuted. I thought they felt so fresh. I loved Bimbo Coach Manora. I thought that was a very fun direction. I even, you know, the last time we talked to Jay, which was right before the Kness retirement show, I made the comment to him of, "Hey, Everybody loves gold class, right? And he was like, no, you know, not really. They're actually kind of a confusing unit. People don't, don't know if they're supposed to cheer for them or not. And weirdly, they leaned into the heel side of things, and now mandora has gone off the rails. A- at the very least, they covered their tracks. There's a picture of Minorita flipping the lights on and off in Cork and Hall, which I thought was a great detail. I'm glad he posted that on social media. But I, I found the the attack itself in the dreamgate match to be very out of character. I as Gold Class has leaned into these heel tendencies more and more. I have liked them less and less, which is odd in a unit with Naruki Doi and, Ka- and Kaito Ishida where I I really just kind of wish they were clean-cut baby faces. I think that's uh, a position that Minora works best in. I mean Minora felt much hotter at this time last year as the babyface workhorse and masquerade than he does as this uh, mysterious mood swing heavy leader of gold class th- that certainly hurts my enjoyment as well this is a unit the longer they've gone on the less i've enjoyed them
2: yeah it's just something that really it, if they're going for the heel justification or the tweener justification for menorah the logic is there but it's still not changing the taste in our mouth It's just, it's just something that they, they've they known they've had these two shows and at least they, they had a way of saying, like, all right, the winner of this match should be able to dictate the, when they get their title match, which if you're using logic, you should choose Kobe World, not Ultimo 35, because that means you only have to have one Dreamgate match potentially that weekend. So the, the, they're they're making baby steps, but it's not the big steps that I feel like they need to do when we're talking about going from one big show of the year at the end of July now to, to back-to-back show.
0: You tell me, because you are more plugged into Japanese COVID-era attendance than anybody else, and I cannot recommend the work you do over at Spears Ovation and the Cork and Hall attendance tracking that you've done. If you have not read that, go check it out. But you're not only more plugged into the attendance side, but I think you have a very realistic point of view of what? what this Ultimo anniversary show means and whether a guest like uh, El Hijo Del Santo means anything or not. If you're booking this show, Ultimo's 35th anniversary show, do you feel the need to have a Dreamgate match on it?
2: Or do you
0: you think that show by itself is a big enough draw?
2: Well, if... The, the funny thing, Case, is if you had asked me 13 months ago, Speedstar Final, I think I was saying there's no reason to have a Dreamgate match here to begin with. That, that was uh, my
0: point was, well, why are we doing this double Dreamgate thing that draws Masato Yoshino retiring? Right. Yeah. And, and, and historically, that's what's going to be remembered. Yamato and Shun Skywalker killed each other, had a match that did very well in Voices of Wrestling match of the year that year. When people say Speedstar Final, that's not what they're going to think of. They're thinking of the Masato Yoshino retirement show and Masato Yoshino and Naruki Doi versus B.B. Hulk and Eita. Y- Yamato versus Skywalker, for as good as it was, was ultimately historically a waste of time.
2: Yeah, so before that, I would say I you, you wouldn't need to, but just like looking at this lineup here, okay. So I know we we're saving this for a little bit later, but it's kind of, you kind of sprung this on me, so I'm flipping it back around in a way. Looking at this at the current lineup that we have for Ultimo 35, and you you look at it, and it's a strong enough big show lineup even without the whatever Ultimo and Hio Del Santo are doing. But uh, you, you brought up like how much Hio Del Santo means and bringing in uh, Masato Tanaka and the appearances by Jinzei Sasaki and Taro Nahashi. There's fan service and there's drawings. Some of those are fan service. Some of those are drawings. Some of those are fan service for the wrestlers uh, uh, on the show. To be honest, <laughs> I, I, to, 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 to kind of a backhandedly answer a, a, answer a a question that you kind of put out there, but you didn't really. I don't think that having healed, El Santo is going to do a single damn thing for these Kobe World Hall shows. Whatsoever, I,
0: I, I might be the most excited person other than ultimo about that. I, that announcement <laughs> popped me so much. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! Santos coming in—that's going to be so much fun." And Mike was like, "Doesn't matter. Not going to draw the audience. Doesn't care about him." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I, oh, I, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. He sucks, Mike. You're right. I shouldn't be excited.
2: I, I'm not saying it's not exciting. It, it's just something that that you look at some of the the stuff that they have for this the, this weekend, and I mean my god like it's great to have anniversary matches but i I, it's gonna be good to see santo what am i saying what am i saying Kate? i
0: I, look i think you and i and cubs fan will enjoy it and quite frankly when i watch wrestling that's all i care about
2: (laughs) but like looking at this and and looking back at the last week here the the one picture that we already knew something going into the last two shows was the twingate picture with uh Jackie Funky Kamei and Jason Lee making the challenge at the Kobe Sambo Hall show. And lo and behold, we don't have any other movement in the Twin Gate scene. We don't have a Twin Gate match for the uh, 31st. And Jason Lee and Jackie Funky did not are, are not moving into uh, Kobe World weekend on a high. The Not a strong start of July for the Natural Vibes team.
0: No, they are getting their ass kicked repeatedly by Shun Skywalker and Diamante, and it is a sight to behold. I think these matches, the, these build matches to this Twin Gate uh, eventual challenge that they're going to get at Kobe World, the Ult- the Ultima show, rather. I should start referring to it as Ultima 35th, not Kobe World. It, it, they, It's going to be so good. I mean, these guys are, between Shun and Diamante and Jason Lee. For my money, probably the three best wrestlers on the roster right now, and it's not like Jackie Funky Kame is far behind them. These matches are clicking; they're doing really innovative things. I don't know if you saw the GIF I posted from the Osaka show. Oh, it's insane! I, I don't I don't know what to call it. I I don't unfortunately have the words for it as a broadcaster. Just go to my Twitter page and watch Shun and Diamante basically lift Jackie Funky Kame up to the ceiling and then slam him down. I've never seen anything like this before. And with the precedent that has been set in Kobe for twin gate matches, I am unfair. I have such unfair expectations for this match. This is one of those rare instances in the same vein as a Okada Tanahashi you know, an Ishi Shibata from back in the day, whatever great like all-time uh a match that you want to put on this. If this is a 4 and a quarter star match in Kobe, it's going to be labeled a disappointment and that's not fair to them, but they have been so good not only in the build to this but just in general over the past year that those are my expectations.
2: And very easily in my opinion, this program and the matches that they had in the lead up both on Tokyo, that it was uh Jason and Jackie versus Shun and Hiyo. And then in Osaka, it was trios with KZ, Lee, and JFK versus uh, Shun, Diamante, and Hiyo, and that thing. Best, best matches on both shows, I think, easily. If you're not going to put a star rating on the Dreamgate match, easily the best stuff that has been going on for the last week. And it's something that I did rack my brain figuring out, out what I would call that case. Because it, it, it's not like a like a double BT bomb. It's not like that because there is like a, because the, they live by the wrist and there's like a twist that happens there that the best way I could call it is like a double crucifix wrist lock suplex. Maybe <laughs> if that it's, makes any it, sense. Yeah.
0: It, it's so absurd. I, I, I don't really think other than, well, th- there there's one match that I secretly really liked on the Osaka show that I'll talk about towards, towards the end of this greater discussion, but uh, to me, the Natural Vibes zebrats match on the Osaka show is really the thing you should watch from this weekend. If you haven't seen and you haven't seen Osaka, that's the match I would point you to because I thought that was the most exciting match of the weekend. And it got me thinking about the consistency of Open the Twin Gate matches at Kobe World Pro Wrestling Festival. And I wrote about this in my review over at wrestling.com, but I haven't talked to Mike about this and I... I'd like to go through one by one and just briefly get your thoughts on all of these matches. And if you can remember the ratings that you gave them, I would love that. Is, okay, is, that, let's is, that, try. is that game with you? Yeah, so so 2008 is the first Kobe World where there is an Open the Twin Gate Championship match. 2007, there is uh, Gato and Jono versus Rio Saito and... Sasumi Yokosuka for the War Tag Team titles, but we're going to start in 2008, the first Twin Gate match at Kobe World. The more things change, the more they stay the same. It's Rio Saito and Sasumi Yokosuka versus mazada and Nozawa. Wrong guy. Do you have any memories of this match?
2: No, other than that, the further proving our points about Nozawa's existence within the Dragon System. Like no memory whatsoever that it was against those. Was, I, I knew Rio was an early Twin Gate champion
0: Yes, I have not watched this match since 2015, but I gave it three and a half stars at the time, so good enough for me. 2009, Genki Horiguchi and Rio Saito representing Real Hazard versus Shingo Takagi and Yamato.
2: I think it was four and a quarter on that. That was, that was really strong, especially for where Yamato was in 2009.
0: So I went two and a half stars on this the last time really? I watched it I would I would I should sit down and give it another watch but for as much as I love Genki and anybody that's ever listened to a single episode of this podcast knows what I think about Genki Horiguchi I am so down on his heel work in particular on Real Hazard and the same goes for Rio Saito and this was a match with a ton of interference that's right i feel like and i don't know off the top of my head i feel like this is when they were still doing heel referee stuff with real hazard which has always been a turnoff for me this was one of those matches that i had again i have not seen this since 2015 but i watched it i said these are four really talented wrestlers and this was not their best night so one abomination in a list of what i think is otherwise at the very least very good matches geez 2009
2: yeah n- no this was when uh mariah was part of the clean fight part of real hazard okay okay so like there was like the all the infighting where you had suguara Kenicho Rai, and all of them that wanted to cheat KZ, and then you had the the second gen guys who didn't want to cheat it it, it was a cluster like, like it, it but it was something that for me for where Yamato was i I was more impressed with Yamato more so than being bothered by the Real Hazard stuff. So, Ginky as a heel worker is something that I feel like we need to put a pen on for a longer conversation because there's some the, the he it, it, it's remarkable how grave a babyface Ginky Horikuchi is. Uh, I'll put it that way.
0: But there are people that love him in Real Hazard, and it has just yeah. it, it never connected with me. And I think part of that is because I go like, God, he's just. He's one of the best baby faces I've ever seen. I don't want to root against this guy. You know, he's so talented, but th- th- that stuff, other than really, like, there is that match at the the Kobe World of the year prior, which I always point out is like an under-the-radar Dragon Gate gem, if you've never seen it. There's that Genki Horaguchi versus MCKZ match from World 2008, which is the first great KZ match and probably the only great KZ match until like 2013, maybe. Uh, that's a great heel genki match, but that's him just kind of doing the ganky routine, but just working in, uh, against a much younger guy so he has the edge on him. But I, I yeah, I, I don't know how to necessarily articulate my thoughts on heel ganky other than I don't like it
2: i would say do fixer m2k ginky was you you know because he was the annoying guy it made sense it's something 2009 and like all that yeah yeah i
0: I should specify specifically real hazard is the era that i have an issue with there
2: yeah that's fair
0: 2010 don fuji masaki mochizuki versus Kineska kanes and susumu Yokosuka. any thoughts on this match it ruled yeah, I went four stars on it at the time. I would probably be higher if I rewatched it now. It is an absolute clinic and a high point in the Kinesco run.
2: Yeah, and it was like towards the end of the highlight uh Mochi Fuji run too. Yeah. So it was kinda like two passing ships that much.
0: a match I've got a lot of thoughts on. I'm sure we've talked about it at some point, but I don't really know where you stand on it. 2011, which is one of the best Dragon Gate shows of all time, Kobe World 2011, Shima and Ricochet versus Dragon Kid and Pac. For me, this is a five-star match. It is one of the best matches in Dragon Gate history. It is one of those that if you haven't seen, please pause this podcast, watch this match, and then come back and hear Mike's thoughts on it, because Mike, I would love to know your thoughts on it
2: well i wasn't five stars
0: <laughs> okay so you hated it I, I absolutely detested it
2: yeah no it's one it, it it's such a remarkable match both in terms of twin gate matches at kobe world but also when you like look at both uh pack and ricochet's career and how 2011 really was where uh ricochet became the or started to become the wrestler he was at Today, and a lot of that was because of working with Pac. And it, it, it's something that, like, this match works on so many different levels, too, because you have Shima and Dragon Kid on opposite sides on a uh, Twin Gate team or Twin Gate match at Kobe World. It's just kind of a remarkable match in a lot of ways.
0: It's perhaps the most athletic wrestling match I've ever seen, which some people might look at as an attractor, as a but uh, for me, it is an absolute positive. 2012 was Kagator and Susumu versus Shingo and Yamato, a match that feels really lost in time, but uh, a match I gave four stars to.
2: Yeah, I feel like uh, uh, Yokosuka uh the original Jimmies, for like a team that like really embodied the the middle 10s, in a lot of ways because like the jimmy's like this i i wonder about newer dragon gate fans like do they uh when like at the jimmy's reunion like do they have like a context about stuff that was happening 10 years ago you know because it it, it does kind of feel like in a way that jimmy susumu and jimmy kakator and the greater scheme of things when you talk about twin gate stuff have kind of taken a back seat to other teams of this generation that we'll get into
0: that's a fascinating question. If you are somebody that started watching Dragon Gate, either Kobe World 2019 with English commentary, or in the pandemic, or whenever, if you started watching in a post-Jimmy's era, please let us know if you care about the Jimmys. That is, I've never thought about that, because I think you and I both come from an era where just the Jimmys are ingrained in our DNA, but there's dragon gate fans out there that weren't watching when the jimmies were around.
2: Yeah, no, it's something that case. This is probably like a question that like, or a topic that like, whenever I bring up to Juku, you kind of go like, yeah, Mike, I I feel (laughs) like I I, I wonder if like more recent dragon gate fans, whenever they hear someone bring up like, Oh yeah. Combat jimmies. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa. That's okay. But yeah, this was a fun match, but it, it quickly, because of the match, in 2011, the, like the next five years of Twin Gate matches at Kobe World. Uh, uh, again, I think Yokosuke Chome's has kind of been lost to the sands of time.
0: All right, I'm going to speed this up. I'm going to throw some more matches at you here. I'm, okay. going to gr- I'm going to group a few of these together. 2013 Akira Tozawa and BB Hulk versus Naruki Doi and Ricochet. 2014 Akira Tozawa and Shingo Takagi versus T-Hawk and Eita. Uh, let's talk about those two matches as a pair. I gave them both four and three-quarter stars. I think they're both iconic Twin Gate matches representative of not only the style of wrestling that a, that a great Twin Gate match can be, but also Drangate at its highest level on its biggest stage.
2: Yeah, and immediately we're getting the tag teams that supplanted Yokosuka Chome, like T and E, versus like Hulk and Akira. A uh, Hulk and Akira like is remembered really fondly, but but Tazawa and Shingo was like the more successful tag team by far. <laughs> yeah, by far. But uh, yeah, I to this day I still have 2014 uh Tazawa Takagi versus T and E is the best one gate match in Kobe World history in my mind
0: interesting put a pin in that i'd like to have the discussion at some point before world this year of what the best kobe world match of all time is because i don't know off the top of my head what my answer is it's probably well, it's actually it's shima and dragon kid versus pak and ricochet but we can make a list that's going to be an interesting episode please write that down on your whiteboard as we move into uh an, an era of uh, era of shows where i was reviewing for voices of com. there's 2015 yamato and naruki doi versus matt Seidel and ricochet 2016 Jimmy Kakatore and Jimmy Susumu versus brother Yashi in Naruki Doi. these are two matches that uh I you know I thought the the Doi Yama match was great four star match. Brother Yashi in Doi that that match sticks out as a sore thumb here as the one non-great match in a series of great matches.
2: Yeah, yeah, Yashi's return in 2016 was really weird, right? Like it was bizarre. 20- well, like fanning like he was going to join Monster Express and immediately joins for and then kind of just hangs around appearing occasionally until the Torimon generation and natural vibes.
0: Yeah, brother Yashi, I uh, am glad he's not around on a full time basis. OK, let me rip through the rest of these matches yeah. i'm gonna list them i'm gonna give my star rating and you can give a big picture of thought because this is really the point of the exercises 2017 shima and Drang kid versus masato yoshida and naruki doi i went four and a half stars 2018 bb hulk and yamato versus ben k and big r Shimizu. i went four and a half stars 2019 big r Shimizu and Ata versus kaito yoshida and naruki doi versus kai and yamato four and three quarter stars 2020 was supposed to be B.B. Hulk and Kai versus Coach Minora and Jason Lee. Jason Lee got pulled at the last second and it became Yamato in place of him. I went three and three quarters there. And then last year Kobe World, King Shimizu and Susumu Yokosuka versus Kaito Ishida and Kazuma Sakamoto. I went four and a half stars. And then on Speedstar Final, which you reviewed, King Shimizu and Susumu Yokosuka versus K and Dragon Kid. You went four and a half stars. That is why the Twin Gate match at Kobe World matters, because year after year, this is one of the best matches in wrestling.
2: Yeah, if we were to set, be the odds makers on my bookie or whatever site, uh, the odds for the match in the night would always be the worst for Twin Gate, because it's the easiest bet there, is the Twin Gate match will deliver, and there's nothing that makes me believe that this Diamante Skywalker versus Jackie Funky Kamei And Jason Lee match won't deliver on the 30th as well. Brave Gate case. And we finally had the end of the skateboard saga between Don Fuji and Dragon Daya. And we've had someone else peek their nose in as well. It's kind of easier to talk about Daya as a group here. So first off, skateboard versus hair match. Was it was exactly what I expected, and I loved it. Case, uh, well, I I know in the review you, you're like, this was a great time. This match, though, it wasn't, is not really a star rating match here. Oh, wh- how do you feel coming out of that long storyline now? Because I feel like that it's it it really did a lot of work. I feel like.
0: Oh, it was a, a deeply satisfying display of pro wrestling. They built a logical and fun story between Don Fuji and Dragon Daya. And yes, I will call it logical because Don Fuji has a history of kleptomaniac tendencies. They built a logical story between Daya and Fuji. They paid it off in a satisfying way. And as they ended one angle, they began another with Hyo and Dragon Daya because Hyo ran in halfway through that match, choked out Dragon Daya. And then he continued uh, uh, later on once Hyo was escorted from the premises Deeply satisfying pro wrestling. Rarely in wrestling, in an era where things either aren't taken seriously enough to have satisfying conclusions like this, or they are overcomplicated to where you can't have satisfying conclusions like this. This was simple. This was effective. This was so much fun to watch.
2: And it's something for Dragon Daya, you know, D being the main characters of the first half of Dragon Gates 2022. This shows a lot of flexibility that we did not get to see him have under the mask, like being able to put, to do this out and out comedy storyline for several months, not losing his heat. If anything, like showing an edge to him that the I always come back to this case, showing his charisma, showing a comfort level that the company needs to see. And it was really successful. And we we're going to get a Skateboard Brothers one time tag team out of this case. And, and then along the same lines. Hio and dragon dia building up from their bravegate match in toyahashi in hiyo's hometown here it, it, it's something where I don't have any expectations about the quality of this match because I feel like we could we could both c- kind of figure out how this brave gate match at Dragon Story Fifth anniversary will be like but as dissatisfied as I would say that we both are kind of collectively feeling about the dreamgate scene bravegate stuff is I think they've knocked it out of the park here. It's nothing groundbreaking, and it's something that if you follow the Dragon System for long enough, like it's familiar beats here. But it's you, you look at it in the checklist, and they have a really strong Brave Gate feud at going on going into Kobe World Weekend as coming out of this last.
0: Well, yeah, they didn't overcomplicate it. I mean, the Dreamgate scene is just—it's just complicated. The Brave Gate is not, and the Twin Gate is not, and that's why I'm so much more into those than I am the the big picture scene. Uh, look, I, I think it, it's perhaps a, a bit futile to debate whether or not we think a match is going to be great or not. But don't discount Big Match Yo and don't discount the fact that Dragon Daya on the big stage always seems to deliver. I think it's going to be a really exciting match. I like Yo in these big spots. I I love that, you know, we have seen this guy over the last two and a half years transform himself into a position where he can stand on his own and have a singles title match on a big show like this. He's not the sixth guy in a Triangle Gate match anymore. He's not the fourth guy on a Twin Gate match. He's challenging for the Brave Gate match, and I think he's going to win, and I look forward to seeing his reign of terror with the Brave Gate belt around his waist. And it's
2: something that... What they've accomplished with Dragon Daya as Brave Gate champion, and if we really want to string this back into... Everyone since Asumi Yokosuka, you look at Ishida, Okuda, uh Daya, uh SBK, and now looking as I as I think we both were on the same page about winding down Daya's Bravegate run, they've been on a stretch of got young guys taking this belt, making it their own. And if Hyo is going to be the route coming out of Kobe World Weekend, it's gonna be a fascinating one because it's gonna be completely different from everyone else's, but now we know the momentum of the title belt here and it's gonna be exciting to see what he can do with it
0: and i like that i like that i can trust that if he wins the title here his reign is immediately going to have a distinct feeling it's going to be drastically different from ashita who we loved and dia who i've really enjoyed it's not going to be that type of title run but i'm okay with that because yo has such a thoroughly fleshed out character that seeing him now in a position of power with this title, I think is something that's going to be really interesting.
2: He's going to have, he's going to have like an open, like laboratory to just scheme.
0: It's going to, now, are, are you too old to have watched the Jimmy Neutron cartoon?
2: Yes, I'm way too old for Jimmy Neutron case. I think Jimmy Neutron started when I was in middle school, man.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. First of all, check your tone. It's okay. It's not a, not a, <laughs> not a dig to say that you might have been of the age to watch Jimmy Neutron. Because one, I think the Jimmy Neutron feature film is a phenomenal film. Can't recommend it enough. The TV series also great stuff. But hyo with the bravegate belt is basically going to become Jimmy Neutron. He's going to be brain blasting all over the Drangate roster. That's the point I was trying to get at.
2: Jimmy Neutron started in two thousand
0: and two, and not to out you, but you are how old then? I had my driver's license before the show went on air. I was three years old when Jimmy Neutron came out. Apologies,
2: but it's something where they haven't had this kind of run with a Brave Gate title in such a long time that they that they're lining up to have that him being a mad scientist and just you know brain blasting. I it'll be a nice vibe change there. And I think that it, it's something that I mean it, it's a different kind of match for Daya if Daya were to continue on afterwards. It's like, okay, he gets out of this by the skin of his teeth here, and he still looks like a strong.
0: You know, I, I think tell me if you disagree, because I this is a this is a half-baked opinion to steal a, a term from Bill Simmons. Hyo with the Brave Gate Belt could have the same energy as Gamma with the Brave Gate Belt and the open the gamma yes. game situation. And I will take Hyo in this spot over Gamma every day of the week.
2: I'm just excited to see who will be the official Open the Hyo Gate uh, title.
0: <laughs> what, a, what an honor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Kiki Horikuchi did a great job there.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, arguably the high point of Gamma's career. I enjoy that sort of stuff. Hey, I mean,
2: we're only five weeks away, Case, from our Gamma retrospective.
0: Thank you for putting that on my radar. I had sort of blocked out his existence <laughs> once again. Um, yeah, but the, the, you know the, uh, just to to wrap up on the Bravegate here, I, I I am into the idea of a story driven Bravegate run because uh, again, I think I think is probably the best comp. And then you look at just, God, this title was so devalued, uh, arguably unintentionally from Kagatora to Kanda to Tamanaga. And then you had a year of Eita and Dragon Kid going back and forth with it. And it's not until March of 2019 when Susumu gets it where it starts to feel relevant again. And that's a that's a three-year stretch now. You know, Susumu to Ishida, who held the belt for a year. Akuda's run had its ups and downs. And then you go, you know, Horiguchi, Kagator, and SB Kento all within a week of one another. SB Kento and a Dragon Daya. Props to Gate for rectifying what was a pretty bad brave gate situation
2: and they tried before like there were attempts there but it was you you give the belt to susumu and you know he's gonna lift all ships i mean he went he immediately after losing the brave gate went to all japan and did the
0: same thing look he's one of the 25 best wrestlers of all time he's the tim duncan of pro wrestling
1: UfiOfficial dot slash video lock, and we thank them for sponsoring the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network.
2: Speaking about Tim Duncan, it's important to have a good triangle defense.
0: Uh, I, I Tri- triangle I s- defense or triangle offense. Well, I was trying to go for a good segue <laughs> here, case, but I completely botched it. Triangle and, I, gate and, and I had to pull a Tim Duncan and block your shot. I don't know what we you go. were trying there, but it wasn't going to fly in my paint.
2: There we go. The Triangle Gate scene is still as uh, dirty as it was uh, ever since Paris de Hapon have won the title. They will be defending it against high-end Yamato, Dragon Kid, and Kagatora. I think it's on the 19th case. I do not have NOAA schedules in and it's on the twenty first. Twenty first. Okay. And the big thing leading up to this that we had over the weekend were two separate things on the high end side, Binke wanting in on the title match and wanting to take out one of the old guys and replace him with some n- new blood. And Ata refusing to do any uh other matches other than singles matches to uh difficult uh results for him, I would say, case. Okay?
0: So- yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to make of any of this. I'm a little puzzled on this scene as well.
2: Yeah. So, I I think that I mean the the last thing you could really do with the, these belts and Noah is bringing in the Dragon Gate Ace to challenge for the belts here. So I'm, fa-
0: I'm fascinated by the prospect of Yamato wrestling a Noah. That is, I don't. I don't know if you right. feel the same way. I just think that's. I can't wait to see what that's going to look like.
2: Just. Yeah. I mean. At, at, at least it, it, the, the the sad thing about this case is I'm stammering. Is the more interesting thing is letting Yamato loose into Noah. You know they're keeping him a little bit portioned off with the Parizama here, but let, let's see what he has to do against Congo, right? Like that's a fascinating thing.
0: Yeah, it's th- that's a match. You know we largely stay away from the the Noah side of things. If it happens on a Noah show, we don't typically talk about it here. We'll have to talk about that match just because I don't even care if it's a good match or not. I'm just curious to know what that match is going to look like in a 400-seat, you know, uh, a 400-seats-filled cork and Noah show. It's just that that's a very interesting match. I don't think we've ever really seen anything like that before.
2: Yeah, and then we go straight into Kobe World Weekend here. Do you think that this is the exit? Do you think this is the exit they're going to take or are going to have, or, or are you still of the mind that M3K is going to end up one way or another with these belts and that's going to be the stability in the trial and gate division like we were talking about for the last
0: M3K is in a really interesting situation because they've only been around for a month and I'm trying not to hit the panic button. The debut was so exciting and more importantly, the match that followed, June 4th in Aichi, which is on the Drangate YouTube channel, the Masaki Mochizuki, Mochizuki Jr., Susumu Mochizuki, and Yasushi Kanda versus uh, Shimizu, KZ, Strong Machine, J, and UT match, I thought was the perfect template of how to use M3K. And I, I could have ridden that wave through the end of July and I could have comfortably said these should be the Triangle Gate champions. The issue is that right after that match, Mochizuki Jr. hurt his back. And ever since then, they've been basically opening match duty. And we're seeing the same match from them. You know, between Kobe last week, Cork and Hall, and Osaka, we saw the same match three times essentially. And it has just drastically cooled them off. And as we approach this weekend and we start to see the card shake out, I can't help but notice that a man by the name of Casey doesn't really have a big match. And I wonder if it's just going to be simpler to go either high-end natural vibes or Paros natural vibes, wherever they want to do it. It certainly seems like he needs to be involved in something important. I look at the roster. I love the idea of featuring Casey in a special singles match, but I don't really see a- an opponent for him to do that with and I'm slowly starting to abandon the M3K idea in favor of Natural Vibes doing something.
2: You know, you have a lot of pieces that aren't there because you do bring up Natural Vibes as a natural thing there, but you also have the fact that UT isn't doing something and they've done So Rio tag title matches on big shows. So there's a lot of ways, but M3K... I you, you know, that- sorry,
0: sorry to cut you off. You, you know what's a bummer is that Fujiwara went away when he did. I thought it was strange that he left before World because I just would have wanted KZ versus Fujiwara in a Fujiwara send-off match on one of these shows. I think that would have been perfect given the tone and direction of the company this year. That match would have fit so well, and it's a bummer that, that does, that's just not possible now.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. It's something that they they always have kind of like a nice send off thing or it's in the middle of the night we got in the middle of the night, but I, I, I look at M3K and I think a lot of it is like we taking a step back. The fact that they want to make sure to do the full M3K act in front of each stop as well. I wonder if that's somehow uh dulling its, its impact as well, because I mean, you're absolutely right for the last for the last rotation of the loop since Mochizuki jr has been back, they've done the exact same thing. And that's the easiest conclusion I can draw is that we'll make sure everyone does it. But it's something that, y- y- you know, going from a invader team, to trial gate belts to, I I guess you would call them trickster faces in three K, but they're still really heelish. And at-, at times as well, I don't know if that's something that you'd really want to do to bring the belts back home now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, and, and you know, I am, I'm, I'm not privy to the the work that Mochizuki Junior is doing in the dojo. Unfortunately, I don't have fan cam access there. If they see red flags in his work that would prevent them from doing that, I get it. But I. I would still go forward with them. I saw enough in his first two matches to where I felt comfortable going, you know what, biggest show of the year, that's the guy that should win. I think that's an exciting story, and I think that would comfortably conclude this Peros angle that I've really enjoyed. It just seems like we're getting further and further away from that.
2: Yeah, and it's something, though, that just in general, this kind of makes me think about initial impact, or like initial debut, the reactions there, and then maybe it's something that taking a month and a half to have like a fully fledged kind of thing and let it settle in here just because like we did see that stuff before his back was hurt that had a lot of promise there, but maybe it's something that they're going to slow play him for.
0: And I will, not that I need to be defensive, but I will defend my, my initial stance on M3K winning We've never seen a debut like Mochizuki Jr.'s before. And the point that I, I emphasize from the start is, you know, we saw the way that they milked Strong Machine J and his legacy to pro wrestling. And if you think they're not going to do that with one of their own in Mochizuki Jr., you're out of your mind. This is possibly the greatest gift Dragon Gate could have ever been given is to have a, a pillar, a guy, a legend like this have a son that, not not only are you now having him in the company, but you're doing a thing that enriches the legacy of an already beloved unit. This is what gate is all about. And that debut, and I will continue to reference that second match on that house show. To me, it was all laid out there. I was like, if they if they can protect this kid to this level, they can have him in as many big matches as they want because ultimately you're you're in the ring with Masaki Mochizuki and probably Susumu Mochizuki and a trio across the ring that can handle themselves. You hide this kid and have him come in and choose his spots. I think he can handle it. It's weird to see him downcycled as much as he is because he started off so hot.
2: Yeah, and it does make you wonder about the act and about how long they will want to keep him in this, in this hand because you look at ishinahashi who has basically been sitting around for the last three months and really needing that next step and it hasn't come yet so who's to say how long they will keep the m3k act around and be able to take advantage of that goodwill
0: what must be going on in ishinahashi's head he debuts last september with his brother in november he gets Shoyasato, sato Ryofuta, takumi hayakawa and takuma fujiwara and now we're in a situa- situation where his brother's gone, Sato's gone, Fuda is MIA, Minorita or Hayakawa is now Minorita and has an act that is completely divorced from being a rookie or being a young boy, and Fujiwara's in Mexico. This man entered this company with an army behind him, and he is now totally alone. I, I would say that he's taken advantage of it and the opportunities he's been. He's been, given, he's been great. He is yeah. so. He is so. I, this is. Th- thank you for bringing this up. Because the the one match that I thought really snuck up on me on the Osaka show that I wanted to point out was the six man tag. Oh no, he was in the. Oh, he was in the M three K match. Damn it! All right, never mind. I was going to mention the fact that uh, that uh, that match two of. Uh, fuji cyber kong uh and uh Kikuta versus big boss shimizu ut and hoho loon i thought that was a very fun six-man tag and in my mind that was ishin and not Kakuta, but that was Kakuta, so never
2: hey that was a, a whole lot fun there but ishin i mean you talk about corkin the, the the guy basically did a waterfall drop kick that he looked like for a guy his size jumping twice as high to do so. He's really taken advantage of the opportunities and he's been he's found a fun place on the undercards, but the question still kind of looms, I mean, because after Kobe World, you it's straight to Danger Skate, and that's where he debuted and that's one year anniversary and that's a place to kind of take stock of the company at that point, case. So, we've talked about the title situations, was were there other things you wanted to hit on the these two cards before I just run down them and we talk about uh Half year check-ins for award stuff.
0: Uh, run down Corkin and Hall and I'll see if uh, anything sparks my interest.
2: Oh, all right. So they again they were at Corkin Hall on the seventh. It will be up for another day or so on the court on the uh, Dragon Gate network. It will go down on the fourteenth, and it the opener was M3K as we were talking about on opener Dewey, duty duty eight man tag versus KinKi Horguchi, Gucci Kanituroi Ichikawa and Sachi Hoko Boy. And it was a reverse figure four lock on Michizuki Jr. Onto soccer at Chikawa. Of course, the sports dad was able to flip him over for that to get the finish there. Second match was six-man tag, it was BB Hulk Diamante and SB Kento versus Yoshida. Punch Tominaga and Yosuke San Maria. And Diamante Pantomenaga after the MCC, which Jay and Hoho talked about a lot on commentary. The MCC was the Atlantida... Uh, over-the-shoulder backbreaker drop into a cutter. And it was a... The, these uh, Z-Brats guys, Case they have been pulling out some moves over the last...
0: It's the most satisfying heel unit there's been since peak for Zerk. It is... I, I love every facet of this unit, from Kai to Hulk to Shun and Diamante, you know... It's weird that SP. Kento has had the year he's had where, you know, in storyline, he's been losing a lot. But even even that has been enjoyable just because I don't know what the next evolution of that story is. Everything about this unit is clicking and the high point of it is and Diamante and their ridiculous double teams that they're doing.
2: Yeah, it's been a whole lot of fun. Match three was the singles match. Ata lost a Kagatora with the Kaganui Clutch after Eita kept on trying to cheat. He kept on cheating in Osaka as well. It was Gold Class versus Yuki Yoshioka, Madoka Kakuda, and Ishinahashi. It was uh, the R301 on a The skateboard versus hair match, it, as we talked about before, Daya retains his skateboard. Shun Skywalker and Hio beat Jason Lee and Jackie Funky Kamei with the Black Panther clutch on Kamei. The uh, summer main event was high end versus uh, Natural Vibes, KZ, UT, Big Boss, Shimizu. It was Benkei with the spear on UT, and then the main event, as we talked about up top, was the Open the Dream Gate title match where it went to a no contest between Kai and Shuji Kondo. Kai is credited with his fourth defense but does not receive a Dream Key for that.
0: Can we talk about Benkei for a second? I think that's the one thing we didn't get to on this show.
2: Yeah, so Benke, uh getting wins and has... I don't want to say he stepped up to Yamato, but wanting. To uh, to supplant
0: either uh, Kakator and DK in the Triangle Gate match and Noah. He heard we were talking shit and he stepped up to the plate. You know, we we carved out a bunch of time last week to talk about how in a way Ben K has been historically bad and he shows up to Cork and Hall and his pissed that he's done this triangle gate match. Look, we're in a rock and a hard place here. I'm not gonna be fair to Ben K. I said he needs to change, I said he needs to find a new uh, uh, the next evolution of his career. I just talked about how much I love Zebrats. I don't see him fitting into that unit. And unless things get real weird, I don't think Ben K is set to turn and join Paros del Mal de Hapon. Although I would love to see it, which means I don't know where this is going and I'm a little <laughs> uneasy about it.
2: Yeah, no, I think you should join Paros now that you brought that That'd up. Not the, greatest. That you put that, just imagine him just sleazing it up, like looking the exact same he is with a cutoff t-shirt and basketball shorts sleezing it up, and I don't know, Itabashi Hall.
0: Oh, my God. They go back to Mexico. Binke is doing walking brawls for IWRG <laughs> on Maslucha. Yo, yo, hey, yo, sorry I can't make it to the function tonight, guys. I got to stay home and watch the Maslucha stream. Kay's in Nakampone this evening. Oh, God, I'd love it so much.
2: Kay is going up against Soul Rocker. We have oh to check this out. It,
0: oh, yeah. No, that's going to be eight minutes of pure torture. I've got to stay home and watch this. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm not going to. To, to to step back from what we said last week, when he stepped up on the microphone and you heard, in case you could hear crickets when he was talking,
0: what was the match that Ben K was in? I gotta look this up now. There was what it was Ben and was it Ben and Yamato? There was that Ben K singles match last year in Corrigan that was oh no, it was a tag. It was the build to Ben K Yamato. Uh, because they wrestled for the Dreamgate belt at uh, Gate of Origin and Sendai. And there was that all high-end tag, November fifth, twenty twenty-one, and it was Ben K and Dragon Kid versus Kagator and Yamato. And Ben and Yamato were doing spots two weeks out from a Dreamgate title match, and Corken Hall was eerily silent. And I have not been able to shake that seven months later. To your point, even when he's cutting, whether he's wrestling or when he's cutting a promo, it's silent right now, I, and it's I, not I, the clap crowds.
2: Yeah, I just because of what we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. I just pulled up my notes for that Corkin. My first note: this was weird.
0: That, <laughs> <match>. <laughs> that was that was one I saw it on paper, and I was like, mm, I don't think I'm gonna like that because that was kind of my issue with a lot of the the that Yamato run was the the road two matches were just not doing anything for me, and then that. Died a death in Cork, and that was uh, uh, to steal a phrase from one infamous Twitter user. That match made me deeply uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> it, yeah. So Benkei, he's he, he's starting to, to speak out, and we'll see how that really goes with him. Uh, running through Osaka real quick. Dragon Kid B- ate an opening with the Bible. The uh, that six main tag that Case was talking about was fuji Takashi Yoshida, and Madoka Kakuda. Being Big Boss Shimizu, UT, and a Hoho Loon with two hand of God Lariates here. Did you I like the look on Kakuda's face case when that first one he wasn't happy with it? He refused to pen it to pen Ho and you just dragged him back up and just really clobbered him with the second one. That was that that was the good Kakuda that we saw.
0: That's fantastic. I, I I love when he's got a bit of an edge to him. I, I think he is a uh, somebody that is wrongly cast as a baby face and i think as time goes on that's going to become more and more evident that kakuta is just not a guy that you can cheer for he's got to be vicious and he's got to be mean and he's in dragate that's going to make him a heel yeah
2: no because like he was doing like hip attacks and i was like i'm liking what i'm seeing out of kakuta and then i'm thinking about everything over the last few months and it's like oh it's when he's showing edge yeah. when he's like having a little pep in his step showing a little bit of anger that he's rarely translated and you know, uh, who has a lot of anger heals. I thought
0: you heals were gonna say case.
2: I'm, I, I I I feel like our anger levels are okay. Case, okay? do do I need to like start charting your, your every week how angry you are?
0: I'm routinely pissed, and it's not a good quality to have. I I don't know how to be less angry. Um, but in my real life, yeah, I I run hot. I've got a bit of a temper. I always have. I don't like it. I will say, I was at the Rage Against the Machine show last night, which was a very good output of said anger. Now, have you seen what happened at this show? Uh, The first Rage Against the Machine show in Chicago, the second show of this tour that has been postponed twice already?
2: Oh, is this one when everyone was mad that Rage Against the Machine got political?
0: (laughs) No, that was the first show. That fucking rocked. Uh, This is... Again, this tour has been postponed twice. This is the second show of the tour. Is and- Run the
2: Jewels even with them anymore on this yeah. tour?
0: Okay, here's the thing about Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels fucking sucks. They're they're there. They are rap music for white people. I have, z- they, I had zero interest in that set. I went with a co-worker, and I I asked her really politely. I was like, "Hey, do you do you need to be here for this?" And she was like, "Not really." So we we walked around the venue and I bought a forty dollar t shirt. Uh, and uh, had no regrets because I, I caught the end of that run the jewel set and it was just abysmal. But at the Rage Against the Machine, uh, during the Rage Against the Machine set, four songs in, Zach is jumping around being uh, one of the best frontmen of all time in rock history. And I don't know if he tore his ACL. I don't know if he broke his ankle. I don't know what the diagnosis is, but he had to leave the stage four songs in. And then he came back and finished the show, but had to sit on a monitor for the rest of the show because he couldn't put any weight on one of his legs making it the most cursed tour in music history i felt so bad for him but i will say because i imagine there's a venn diagram of of people that listen to this show and people that like rage against the machine even if he's sitting down if you are on the fence about going to see rage go see rage especially if you haven't seen them before which i had not i had the time of my life at this show they sound as good as ever go do it it's worth the money if you're on the fence about it that is this week's concert review with case
2: hey i
0: i think we've
2: unintentionally done several weeks of concert review and i always appreciate it uh i just it's something about like the this tour because like this tour is originally going to happen in in what march of 2020 like it was supposed to like, yes. start right it, it, as-
0: it, yes yeah it was it was so it was yeah announced 2019 uh it, it's the same deal as uh and this is very chicago specific but the the my chemical romance set at riot fest which will finally happen this year was another one that was announced in 2019 postponed in 2020 obviously and then they fell victim to a 2021 postponement And now this show is happening. So the the rage thing was weird because they were scheduled to play Coachella and they pulled out, which means that their show started in Alpine Valley, which is like in the sticks in Wisconsin. And it didn't seem like the tour had a lot of buzz going into it. But then they played that first show and people were like, oh, shit, that's right. It's Rage Against the Machine on tour. We need to care about this. And uh, one and a quarter sets in they are now uh, forced to dramatically alter what their show was going to be. And they still ripped. I mean, Zach sitting down is still better than most musicians standing up at their peak. But it, it, I felt so, so bad for whatever it is that they went through last night.
2: Yeah, I just – I would have to imagine that, like, doing the remainder of, of a set, like, in shock probably.
0: That, that, from- that was the interesting thing was, again, you know, four songs in, he goes down – and yeah. I would say songs five through ten, he was on another level of adrenaline. Like you know, oh sure. One of my favorite, my my introduction to Rage was the song "Wake Up," which was on Dave Miras Freestyle BMX Two on the PlayStation Two, phenomenal video game. And so "Wake Up" has always been, you know, it's it's a top tier Rage song. It's always held a special position in my place in, in my heart, rather. And their performance of Wake Up was five stars. I mean, I was, I was very, very moved by it, and that was, I think, the song they played once he hobbled back out on stage, and that was the first song he did sitting down. You could tell... That I think they played 16 songs. 11 through 15, there was a bit of dip in energy where I think that exhaustion finally hit and that adrenaline wore off. And then they closed with Killing in the Name, which was, not only did they close with Killing in the Name, but during the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me part, they turned the house lights on. So you could just see 22,000 yelling, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, which was awesome. It was was such a good experience. So um, go to that tour if you're on the fence about it. Yeah, just
2: you know, just just be prepared for people to to learn that uh uh Raging's Machines is a political band and you know Zach De La Roca is probably gonna be on a wheelchair.
0: That was I not to get too in the weeds, but you know, <laughs> I, 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 I work for an alternative rock radio station and, and you know, we, we supported that show. We gave away tickets, et cetera, et cetera. But because of the nature of what we do, we're very apolitical. And and although, you know, I would like to be somewhat uh, uh, politically leaning on my platforms. I, I respect the wishes that have been that have been requested. I, you know, I, I don't post about politics. Uh, the station as a whole is is a, as hard as we can be, as apolitical as we can be. But I'm at the rage show last night getting texts of like, hey, can you put some stuff on social media? And I'm like, there's we we can't. It's a rage against the machine show. Like, there's just like videos of cops beating up civilians on the big screen behind us. Like, none of this can go on station accounts, which I, I thought was a very funny predicament to be in. Uh, there's nothing I enjoy more than the the comments of, yeah, I really enjoyed rage before they got political, or worse, of oh, I guess they're they're raging with the machine now. Fucking dopes. Ugh.
2: <laughs> uh where were we at on this Osaka run? Through? Oh, was M- we're,
0: we're talking about the undercard.
2: Yeah, M3K, uh, Ginky, Ichikawa, Maria, Ishinahashi. Uh uh Ichikawa was going for the inner Power German. It went poorly. Mochizuki Jr. won. zebrats and uh, uh, natural- Let me
0: let me let me make one note on that match real quick. I thought it was the best of the M3K undercard matches to this point. Specifically, there's a moment where Kanda and Susumu do that John Woo, Jomu no Kachi tandem right. move on Yosuke Santa Maria, and they launched her across the ring. Worth watching the match just for that spot, I think. And I thought that the uh, parts
2: with Ishin and Junior looked really good. Fantastic, was-
0: yes. Th- th- thank you for pointing that out. That's That's a good point. I overlooked that in my notes, but... Ishan Hashi is doing really good work, and I hope that he is able to assimilate to unit play and uh, uh, an undercard push sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it was some, it was nice to see Junior already show, start to show some chemistry with members on the roster. So yes, that that was really cool to see. Uh, match 4 pre intermission: Diamante, Shun Skywalker, Kyo, KZ, Jason Lee, Jackie Funky Kamei. We were talking about this. When we were talking about the Twin Gate build. Shun Skywalker refuses to use the SSW on Kamei, decides to just pen him with a moonsault double knees instead. After Kamei was the, the this closing stretch, I know we've already talked about how our stations are coming up on the 30th, but the stuff between Shun and, and JFK was exceptional.
0: It, it's, it's marvelous. I mean, it's it's Shun Skywalker, who I will continue to reiterate. Other than Will Osprey, I don't think anybody is in the conversation for being the best wrestler in the world. With all due respect to Mike Bailey, who's very good. I don't think he's on Shun's level. And Jackie Funky Kame is the perfect foil for Shun and his current state.
2: Absolutely. Semi-main event was Zebrats versus High End Kai, Hulk, and SBK versus Yamato Kakator and Benkei. It was a first flash after a chair shot on Benkei for Hulk. And the main event was Minora and Doi with Minorita, defeating D Courage. With the gong on, dia after dia kicked out of the R three hundred one.
0: What do you give the uh, main event star rating wise? Four flat. I enjoyed it. A good deal. I like the. Uh,
2: I I just like the uh, the the way that they it just kicked into the menorah and Yuki stuff. Like I, there is something there between the two of them. It's just the way they presented us getting there is disappointing.
0: I went three and a half. Uh, did not. Pop the way that i wanted it to th- 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 nothing bad about it not not it a bad match yeah not, not 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 a bad match by any means but not not the road to match that i was hoping for to sort of reinstill some faith i had to, to come full circle from where we started i, I i'm sure given the opportunity you know it, it'll be a dream game match at some point between yoshioka and minora and it'll be phenomenal it, you know kai versus minora if that happens will be great kai versus yoshioka if it happens will be great. I just wanted this to be a little bit better, and I, I, I didn't think it hit the levels that I wanted it to. It, it
2: it was a slow starting main event. Like, the first five minutes, basically, until Minorita got involved, it was just mat work, and the crowd wasn't super up for it. But when it got going, I re- Well put. And, uh, Case, let's do a little on-air production. Sh- sh- should we hold off on the uh, the, the half-year awards...
0: Let's go through it real quick. We're we're almost at 90 minutes. Yeah. No, we can we can rifle through this. I don't I don't have a ton of thoughts. Let's uh let's list some awards and let's list some names.
2: All right. Let's just go off the top you already were talking about wrestler of the year. I'm with you. Uh Shun Skywalker is just most complete wrestler working today.
0: Yeah, if you were looking at this from a flair fez perspective, I think it has to be Shun because he's been pushed. He is a Twin Gate champion. He is I think if you were gonna to build this roster out in tiers, he's in that firm main event tier. He is not an upper mid carder. He's certainly not a mid carder. This is a guy who carries a certain amount of weight on his shoulders uh, within the context of Drangate itself, and he is routinely delivering in scenarios that ha- that he's been called upon. He's been just. I, he's just so good. You know, one of the things, um, it was our. Li- I think it was our listener Andy who always. Gives us great feedback. I know he enjoys the show. I, I think he was the one that tweeted at me that Shun's control periods, like when he's just beating down Kamei in these matches, in itself is so entertaining. And th- th- that that might sound like a reach if you're not as connected to Dragon Gate as we are. If you haven't seen as much Shun this year, you go, oh, what he, he does a, a good heat segment. That makes him the best wrestler in the world. It doesn't, but it is a layer of something that, simply put, he does better than anybody else in wrestling, and I do think he deserves credit for that. As a character in the ring, he is as good as it gets. You and I both said for years that Pac is the most complete wrestler in the world because nobody has a better understanding of who their character is between the bells. I love Pac, and I think Shun has surpassed him him in that category.
2: And it's something like you talked about the top tier here. Like when, you're, well, like other people that I would consider in this category, you have to look at the whole thing about, okay, they're positioning on the card. And there's no one else that comes close to taking all the boxes. Like Kai, when he has title matches, is in the main event. But that's once a month, really. When you look at like the overall scope of things, the lunch pens and the promotion for 2022 have been shooting Skywalker and Dragon Dia. So it was one of those two moments.
0: I completely agree. Kai has never figured out the beats of road Two Dragon Gate matches. You know, I can't count on Kai to have a great tag match in Cork and Hall, which isn't going to make or break him. But there are guys in Dragon Gate that, you know, historically, whether it's Shima or Yoshino, or now we're in a position where it's, you know, Shun Skywalker that month and month out, You know whether they're in match two or match seven, the main event. They are going to crush it no matter the stakes. Kai is a guy, look, we'll talk about match of the year in a second. Kai's got my match of the year. He's got the match with Shimizu that I love. That match with Kondo was on its way to being phenomenal before the finish. It's the in-between stuff with Kai that just doesn't deliver, whereas Shun and Dragon Daya and arguably Jason Lee, and arguably, if you want to get real spicy, Takuma Fujiwara do better than Kai.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's probably a good way to talk about Most Outstanding. Case, uh, so I'm going to throw this name out here for Most Outstanding, and he was like the one person I came up with, and this really kind of shows and, week in, week out in this company. Yuki Oshioka. although Daya was really the featured part of D-Courage as the double champion in the first part, since become, returning to his real name, and over the like, actually, it's actually almost six months exactly, you look at the person who's had as many top matches in the company, it's Yuki Oshioka, either in singles in King of Gate or in tag team of D-Courage. And it's been doing this quietly in January and March, but by the time when April, May and June hit, Yuki Oshioka has been the best wrestler between the bells in this company all year long.
0: It's very interesting, uh, just because he was not the name that immediately jumped out to me. Now, if I go simply down the spreadsheet and I look at who has the most four-star matches on my spreadsheet, would you, would you dare take a guess as to who was clocked in more than anybody else this year?
2: Knowing your tastes and knowing the year we had, either Jason Lee or maybe U.T.
0: I thought UT would be a guy on this list. Honestly, just doing the, the the command find right now, this answer shocks me. But I have a man on my spreadsheet who has 10 four-star or higher matches right now, including matches two, three, and five in my match of the year list. And that man is KZ. I was taken aback by that
2: he has like the opportunity on this roster to do as many different things i think to have like strong tag matches trios multi-team matches and singles matches it just is he's done it quietly this year like it, it's something that i would not expect kz to be that way but you know you take a look at his 2022 and it makes sense a little bit but you have to like really parse at a
0: yeah, so KZ would be at 10, uh, Shun Skywalker has 9, Takuma Fujiwara has 8 along with Diamante, and then Jackie Funky Kame and Dragon Daya both have 7 matches at 4 stars or higher for me. So I-, I would still go Shun over KZ, I think Shun has been a little stronger, but KZ is certainly providing a lot of great matches this year, which is odd considering that you know this year has certainly not been KZ time.
2: Yeah, it, it's something where he had the big run last year, which put him in a lot of thing, a lot of positions there. And this feels like the down cycle year for him, and he's still really putting it out. Uh show of the year case, it's kind of the hardest one for us. Like year end, we we always break it up to, uh, big shows in Corkin and then basically single cam shows here. But at least through twenty twenty two and least through July twelfth, I feel like it's probably at a point where you don't need to parse it that far. What real contenders do you think you have at this point for show of the year?
0: You know what show I loved? And it's, it's one that I think I, you know, come December I'm going to really want to rewatch and sit down and just remember this specific time and place in the company. I'll give you this answer. I'm not saying it's the best show I've seen this year, but it is the one that sticks out to me the most when I think about all the Kobe Sambo halls that bleed together, the Kyoto KBS hall shows that that don't mean a ton, and even the Korokan halls where you know I loved the May King of Gate show, I loved the Kness retirement show. There's been a lot to like in in Korokan this year, but the show that sticks out to me more than the others is May 29th in Osaka, that King of Gate show that had Yuki Oshiyoka versus Diamante. Jason Lee versus BB Hulk, Shuji Kondo versus Kaito Ishida, and Shun Skywalker versus KZ in the main event. That is probably my favorite Dragon Gate show this year.
2: Yeah, and it's easily mine as well. I mean, when we talk about like the star ratings and just, I I guess really the the beats of a month in a dragon gate show you don't expect a EDION two Osaka show to have three four star matches on it and this this show did and this show has one of my top matches of the year in it as well so it, it's something where i feel like that this one was i was actually looking to make sure that i got the date right and you just went out and said it 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 really like summed up like the best parts of 2022 i would say so far in dragon
0: yeah, I think it's a mix of that. Uh, it really, May was a special month because you had the great Kobe Sambo Hall show. Well, let's start at the beginning. Why, why I go out of order in life so often, but you had Dead or Alive, which had the great Twin Gate match, the great Brave Gate match, and the great Dream Gate match. You had the May Cork and Hall King of Gate show, which I was so excited about, and that featured the 32nd Kai versus Kondo match, the SP Kento versus Kakuta match, a very fun Shun Skywalker versus Eita match and the main event of Yamato versus Yoshioka. You had that Kobe Sambo Hall show with the great Fujiwara versus Ishinihashi match. And then you had uh, the uh, the great sapporo Hokkaido triple shot. And then that, was, that May was incredible. Going back and looking at that, I mean, it was King of Gate. It makes sense. There was an, a lot of opportunities for great matches. But fuck, that was fun. June had, was nowhere near May. We 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 both left June maybe a little dejected and maybe a little like oh we had to sit through three Fukuoka shows that weren't any good and then you know the Okinawa shows were a little strange. I missed May. May twenty twenty two was a very good time.
2: It, it was a very very good time. I mean. Looking at like my some of my top matches of the year. I mean, you had two exceptional tag team matches at Dead or Alive, and two completely different ones. And then you have that Dreamgate Gate match, that like it's just it, it's at a high water mark already for a Big Five show in a time period where we've talked about how when it when like the big when the big shows have happened and when the eyes of the world are on, on Dragon Gate, that's not always have been their best work over the last few years. Dead or Alive was a spell. It felt like a true return to form.
0: And I hope for the same at Altimos uh, 35th and Kobe World this year. Are you ready for match of the year, Mike Spears?
2: Yeah, let's do it quick. Do, All right. do, how many uh, do you have ready for me?
0: I've got, I've got a top five. I'd, okay. like you, I'd like you to list your top five one by one. I'll tell you if I have them on my list or not, and uh, we can discuss uh, once, once we've both shared, okay?
2: Okay, so I don't have an order. I've been flipping through. My notes to get this, but I do have my five top okay. matches of the year. All right, all right. One of my top five matches was from the Kobe Art Center: JFK versus uh, versus Takuma Fujiwara.
0: I do not have that match listed. I love that match, but you loved it way more than I did.
2: Yeah, that was just an, a truly exceptional match. Uh, then I have uh, from Dead or Alive: uh, Kai versus Sumikoska.
0: I have that as well. We'll discuss that in a second.
2: I also, for Dead or Alive, have the Ryukyu Dragon Pro Wrestling Tag Team title match between UT and KZ versus Yamato and DK.
0: Didn't make my spreadsheet was a match that uh, I, I thought was, was good and you were over the moon for it.
2: Yeah, I thought it was truly exceptional. Uh, match, my, my, what I have currently is my number two match. Like I have my number one match set in stone right now in the year. My number two match, because I thought this was actually was truly just like what was phenomenal was kz versus shun skywalker from from king of gate
0: i've got it on my list we'll talk about it in a second
2: and then my current 2022 match of the year is yuki oshioka versus diamante from king of gate from 529 osaka
0: just off of my list if we if we expanded it to a top six it would be my number six And I should note before you have any any more thoughts on that match, the director's cut of that uh, of that match, Diamante versus Yuki Oshioka, is on the Dragon Gate Network. If for some reason you haven't seen it or if you want to watch it again with full production, I cannot recommend it enough. Just
2: truly phenomenal stuff. And it's something that like this is a year where I feel like the singles matches are stronger right now than the tag and triangle matches, which is something that does not often happen in Dragon.
0: Uh, five out of my top six are singles matches this year. All right.
2: So what what were your top five? All
0: right. Where we go different. My number five match: Coach Minora versus KZ from May twenty second. It's the second year in a row they've had a king of they've had a king of gate match that has blown my mind. Last year's was probably a little bit stronger, but I loved this match and the vibes of it being in KZ's hometown.
2: Yeah. No. The it, it was the best match of the Hokkaido Triple Shot by far.
0: Number four a match that will probably be my vanity pick and the Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year poll, my number 10. It is currently my number four in Dragon Gate this year, Dragon Daya versus Takuma Fujiwara from Champion Gate in Osaka.
2: This was my sixth match.
0: Okay, all right, that's that's good. I was kind of wondering where that fell once I didn't hear it, but yeah, okay, all right, makes sense, yeah, that is... That is free on YouTube, and that is well worth your time. Uh, My number three match this year, KZ versus Shun Skywalker. This is where we enter the four and three quarter range. And I mean, it, Mike, what 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 can be said about this?
2: It just really felt like the war that it should have been. I mean, picking up right after uh, Kobe World 2021, just doing insane stuff, doing callbacks to that match within. The King of Game match just was phenomenal.
0: Loved it. Really, really loved it. I want a director's cut of that. I really like to rewatch that match. Uh, My number two, a match that I think really divided a lot of, and I I don't say this in any sort of gatekeepy or even a put-down way, but I noticed a, a distinct difference of reaction to it from like the hardcore Dragon Gate heads versus the people that just watched Dragon Gate. My number two match of the year Kaito Ishida, Coach and Naruki Doi versus Jackie, Funky, Kamei, KZ, and UT for the Triangle Gate Belts, Champion Gate, and Osaka Night 1.
2: I was... Cl- That's a match I need to rewatch.
0: Yeah, that... I, I remember... Yeah. I, it was a little bit like the uh, the Riku Dragon uh, tag title match from Dead or Alive where, you know, ra- rarely do we have huge... Just, yeah, because I was you, down you know, on this. Yeah, th- this for me was four and three quarters. I... I think it's the best twin or the best triangle gate match in years. It really, to me, just a masterclass of wrestling and what trios matches are capable of doing. Which I, I, I think, when done right, is the highest form of wrestling there is. So that match holds a real special place for me right now. Would be in my top ten uh, worldwide this year, as would KZ versus Skywalker, and then my match of the year, Dead or Alive, Kai versus Asumi Yokosuka. It is as I flip through my spreadsheet here. It is. The best match I've seen this year. I, I think the the Young Bucks versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, ladder match is up there. L. Lindeman versus T-Hawk from Gleed is up there. And the Briscoes versus FTR from Ring of Honor is up there. But I don't think anything has been as good as Kai versus Susumu this year.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of stuff outside of Dragon Gate that I've liked more than uh, Diamante versus Yuki Oshioca. I really like the second hangman and Danielson match.
0: I liked, I liked their I liked their first match more, and I think I'm in the minority I, on that. I uh, Broadways are something that
2: very rarely do I think going Broadway in modern times is anything other than just indulgence on the wrestler's part, <laughs> to be oof, quite honest. Oof,
0: man, I I watched a a 60-minute Josh Alexander Fred Yehai match last year in AAW and it was the hardest match i've ever had to review because i know that match was great but i know there was no reason for that match to exist in <laughs> its in its capacity and like josh alexander is the hardest worker there is there's no match i if fujiwara can get into america there is no match i want more than fujiwara versus josh alexander i think it would it would it would blow if you're a josh alexander fan it would blow your mind over how good Fujiwara is and if you're a Fujiwara fan who maybe doesn't check into impact and aaw in places that josh alexander works i think it would blow your mind as to how good he is that's the match that i want to happen but god it can't be 60 minutes josh alexander had a really bad habit last year of going 60 and it just did not need to exist Whoa. You say that's
2: a habit, like nicotine addiction. Like, like <laughs> I I he, you know,
0: he's like he's like a cardio freak. I think he was addicted to going sixty minutes. Yeah, th- there's other
2: ways he can go sixty minutes in his life as not, you know, uh, making other people's life a living hell for. Like uh, the,
0: the, there was a, uh, I, I would tell you this off air. There was a proposed sixty minute match last year between Josh Alexander and a certain wrestler that I I think it'll blow your mind when I when I tell you a match that almost happened sorry to be a tease to everybody listening but (laughs) i i I can't say it publicly
2: hey no no that's fair but uh yeah we've uh, those are the big categories case was there another category that you wanted to talk about for award stuff before we got out of here
0: no i i would love to know what people's dragon gate match of the year is and if if it's a match that we didn't list please especially hit us up on either the discord or at open voice get on twitter and let us know
2: absolutely so that's going to do it for this week we'll be back next week they have a show is it it's kyoto this week right it is kyoto this week it's kyoto this weekend so you know that as they say anything can happen in kyoto well the only thing that won't be happening is that three-way dream gate determination match i i I thought we were going to get that at kyoto i thought that, that that they were going to play off the catchphrase there but no it's in the friendly confines on the 24th
0: Another, that does uh, that sucks. I, I'm glad you said that. They can't do anything right with the Dreamgate scene. It uh should have done it in Kyoto. Yeah. I don't I don't uh, God, I don't I don't I'm gonna be grumpy leading up to Kobe World, I can already tell. <laughs> well, you,
2: you wanna keep it locked here on Open the Voice Gate. As we get closer to Kobe World, we have a lot of stuff in the hopper uh, coming out both on Voice Gate and on Voices of so that's going to do it for us this week. You can follow us on Twitter at OpenVoiceGate. VoiceGate. Cases underscore in your case on Twitter. I'm at Fuji Heya. Thanks for listening to Open the Voice Gate. We'll be back next week talking about Kyoto, where anything can happen except determining a Dream Gate challenger. Take care, everyone.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?